gift you've given us. And Lord, we just ask you today just to open our ears to see your goodness and your mercy. Amen, amen. Matthew, last song we sang, chapter 2. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came two wise men, the wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that's born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled of all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes and the people, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this it is written by the prophets, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the prince of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor, and he shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he heard this privately, called the wise men to inquire diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. When you have found him, bring me word again, and I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. We sang a song like that, didn't we? Exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, fell down and worshipped, right? And when they had opened their treasures, look, catch this, they presented unto them gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. When they saw him, they opened their gifts, gold, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You know, I thought about that. You know, it wouldn't be long till God told them to get into Egypt and stay till Herod died. They had to have some way to make a living, didn't they? So God provided them gold, frankincense, and myrrh to live until they could come back. Then when Herod died, they came back home. It's pretty cool. God thinks of everything. They gave their gifts. How many of you know that you can receive a present but not receive the gift that's inside? Let me say that again. How many of you know you can receive a present but not receive the gift that's inside the present? You know, I heard them talking on the news about Fridays. They said there'd be 50 billion gifts returned Friday. 50 billion gifts returned Friday from people that received presents, but they didn't want the gift that was in it. Over 1 billion uh, gift certificates will not be redeemed. One billion. Amen? So see, you you can receive, I mean, you can accept a present but not receive the gift. And see, the thing about it is, Mary was, you know, it says when Mary went to Elizabeth, she said, blessed is the fruit of your womb. Well, her womb was the present, but Jesus was in that present. But you know, there was gifts in that gift. But you got to receive that gift for you to do you any good. And that's what we're going to talk about. The gift says, and the gift is a gift. Some people accept Jesus, but they have not received Christ. You remember we talked last week, and and right over here, let me just read it to you. See, the incarnation is man and God. Jesus was 100% man and 100% God. That's called the incarnation. How does that? I have no idea how that works. But it says in Matthew 1, 1, the book of the generations of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. 
So Jesus was what? The son of man. So Jesus is the son of man. But Christ is the son of God. Christ is the anointed one and his anointing. Supernatural. Jesus Christ was man and God. The gift within the gift. So you can receive Jesus. A lot of people in the world believe Jesus, believe on Jesus. And a lot of people have accepted Jesus, but they've not received the Christ in the Jesus. The Lordship of the Christ in Jesus. And see, a lot of people, how should we escape if we neglect so great a what? Salvation. That's gift. Accepting it and receiving the gifts, not the same thing. You know, I've noticed many people in denominational churches will talk about the Holy Spirit. And a lot of them have received the Holy Spirit, but not the gifts that come with the Holy Spirit. Are you out there? And you know, it, you just, it goes on and on and on. Remember one of the scriptures, it says in Matthew, it says, uh, If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall a heavenly Father give good things to those that what? Love him. Luke, it says, If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we see you gotta you got to take that gift. Now I want to start over here in, in the book of Acts where Paul's talking to the elders at the church of Ephesus in Acts chapter 20. And uh, I want to start in about verse 32. And when he was getting ready to leave, <clears throat> he, he talked to them about warning them day and night uh, about, about leaving the, the flock. And he says now verse 32, Now behold, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Say the word of his grace. Hallelujah. How many of you like the word of his grace? which is able to build us up and to give us an inheritance among all those which are sanctified. Golly, that's good. I've coveted no man's silver, gold, and apparel. Yea, you yourselves know how these hands have ministered to my necessities and them that were with me. I have showed you and taught you and so laboring among you to support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. See, what happened to the wise men when they came and they fell and they worshiped. Out of their treasure, they gave gifts. See, the grace of giving. Steve gets up here and talks about giving. Every man as he's purposed in his heart. He that soweth sparingly shall what? But he that soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. And it says, God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you have an all sufficiency may abound unto every good work. And he that ministers seed to the sower and bread to the eater what does he do? He multiplies your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. See, too many people don't understand eat their seed. God gives you seed to sow, not to eat. Give me an amen. There is that scatters and yet increases, and there is which withholds more than is meat, but it tends to poverty. The liberal soul shall be made what? And he that waters shall be watered himself. Can't be the deal like that. All right, so we see the gift is important. It's better to give than what? To receive. John chapter 1 verse 11 says, He came to his own, and his own received him not. That word received there is paralambano. Paralambano. It came to his own, and it means to take to oneself, to seize or take into one's possession. He came to his own, and they refused to take him to themselves. They refused to receive him. But it would, <clears throat> and that's what it says. 
But then he goes on to say, but as many as received him, that's a different word. It's a little different. To them gave he power to become sons of God, those that believed into his name. That word is lambano. That means to take with the hands in order to use it, to take to ownership, to actively take it by force. As many as take it. See, you can have a present, but you have to take the gift into yourself. You have to receive it into yourself. It has to become yours and own it. And there's so many things that God has given to us that we haven't taken to ourselves. Now, let me give you that word and used in another place or two. John 19, 1, and Pilate said, therefore, it says that Pilate took Jesus and scourged him. That word took is the same word lambano. Do you see something here? He didn't just invite him, did he? What did he do? He grabbed him and scourged him. That's the same word. It's an active thing of receiving him into their life, receiving the grace. In another place, when Jesus was on the cross, and he looked down at John, and he said to that disciple, Behold your mother, and mother, behold your son. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his home. That word took is this same word. He didn't let her go nowhere else. What did he do? He took her home. See, that's what it means to receive him. Take him to yourself. And when you take him to yourself, then you become in union with him. So see, he can, God can give us gifts. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth him shall not perish but have everlasting life. See, he didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Amen. Then we look, look here in Ephesians, and I want to see, I want you to really understand what a gift is. So you can realize that you can't do nothing but receive a gift. Amen. The minute you start trying to, you know, we've always had people, you give them a good gift. Oh, I can't accept that. Are you out there? But most of the time it's a good gift. I can't accept that. Why? I don't deserve this. I mean, how wonderful is this gift he's given us? I don't deserve this. Now, God, I've got to do something. Uh-oh. I've got to do something here uh, to pay this back. Can you pay it back? No way. It's a gift, not a works, lest anyone should boast. Amen. In, in Ephesians chapter 1, when, when he, he gave... Uh, Endeavoring to keep verse chapter 4, verse 2, it says, Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. You can't even have unity apart from the Holy Spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body, one spirit, even you call it one hope, if you're calling one Lord, one faith, one baptism, God, Father of all who is above and through all, and say in me all. That's you. <clears throat> but to every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. <clears throat> so in the gift, there's gifts. In the gift of Christ, there's the fullness of God in that gift. There is no limit to the gifts in the gift. You get it? It's a treasure. A man finds a treasure. There's so much in that treasure, he sells everything he's got and buys the field for the treasure. He finds one pearl a great price, sells everything for that pearl. But see, in that treasure is gifts upon gifts, grace upon grace. And see, grace is a gift. That's the word. Charis. It's gifts. 
It's freely given to you. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4 says, verse 7, But to everyone is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now, who are these gifts? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. These gifts to the church, to the equipping of the church, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into that unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, and to the perfect man and the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ. That's the purpose. That we be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. That's, that's old man. By the slime cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to control. I mean deceive. I'm sorry, I got carried away. That's what's happened to the five-fold ministry. Too much control, too much old man. I added that. Oh, Lord. Hmm. All right. So we see that man can receive or accept Jesus and reject the Christ. People receive the Holy Spirit, but they don't want what the Holy Spirit has to offer. That's, that's too, too sad. Because most people think they got the Holy Spirit and they got all they want, and they don't want the gifts. Oh, man, give them to me. Amen? If you desire spiritual gifts, does it say desire spiritual gifts? It earnestly desire spiritual gifts. And rather that you may prophesy earnestly. I mean, desire the gifts. How I many of you know God wants to give you the gifts more than you want to receive it? You know, Paul said to the Romans, I desire to come to you, that I may lay hands on you, and I may impart to you some spiritual gift to the end you may be established. What does gifts do to you? It establishes you in the faith. Why? Because when you get a gift, you know you didn't earn it. And you know it's supernatural. Because the secret of Christianity, it's supernatural from start to finish. We try to make it natural and it doesn't work. You know, when Jesus talked to the woman at the well, he he said, give me a drink of water. And she said, why are you asking me? Jews don't have anything to do with us. And he said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that was standing before you, you'd ask of me and I'd give you living water. If you knew the what? The gift of God. See, it's important that we know in an intimate way the gift that God has given us in Jesus Christ and what goes with that gift. We've got to receive it to ourselves and see that gift that is given. You know, then Peter said unto them, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins, and you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The what of the Holy Ghost? For the promise of the gift is to you and to your children, to all that are far off, as many as their Lord God shall call. And with many other words, do exhort and testify unto them to save your old souls and exchange it for a new one. And those that heard those words were baptized, and the same day was added 3,000 souls. Neither said any of the things they possessed was their own, but they had all things common. Many as had houses and land sold it and gave to everyone as they had need. Try that in your old soul. See how far you get. I knew I'd get exchange in here somewhere, just the way I am. That's just the way it works. You know, in chapter 8, when, when Simon offered money, you know, they went down, and Simon offered money that he might receive the power to 
give the Holy Ghost when he saw through the land on her hands? And, you know, he said to him, Peter, your money perish with you because you thought the gift of God may be purchased with money. You're in the bond of iniquity and the gall of bitterness. And he told him to pray for him. He says that you may have the audacity to think that a gift can be purchased with money. Well, we know better than that. But we might try to add in that good conduct or works or prayer or something else, wouldn't we? That don't look as bad, does it? Do you see how ridiculous it is? <clears throat> I don't know about you, but how many of you, when you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the first thing you thought of when somebody laid hands on you to get it, you think, I don't deserve this. Am I the only one here? I don't think I'll get it because I don't deserve this. But we forget something. It's a gift. And the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. He don't take them back. It's a gift. What is a gift? This whole thing's about the gift. Thanks be unto God, the scripture says in Corinthians, for his unspeakable gift of the Holy Spirit. The unspeakable gift of grace in our lives. It's so powerful, but you've got to take that gift and make it your own. Amen? Oh, where am I at? Okay. You remember when Peter went down to Cornelius' household and what happened there? And it says he's telling it back to the disciples. And what happened? Because they was a little upset that the Gentiles were now speaking in tongues. They was really upset. So he was explaining it to them. He said, you know, as I began to speak... The Holy Ghost fell on them as he did on us in the beginning. And he, I just thought that I was there. The, the Holy Ghost could not wait for Peter to open his mouth. Because he couldn't come till Peter opened his mouth. The minute Peter opened his mouth and started to preach, the Holy Ghost fell. And just ruined his sermon. That's what he's saying. The minute I started to preach, the Holy Ghost fell on them. And he says, and God gave them the like gift as he did unto us who believed on the Lord Jesus. What was I that I could withstand them? They said, well, okay, I guess God's going to bring the Gentiles in too. Gift means it's free. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, amen, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Yes, sir. I'm ready. There's... They're here. Amen. And you know what? I'm very interruptible. How many of you know I'm very interruptible? So anytime you want to interrupt me, have at it. Amen. That's right. So you got to speak. Amen. All right. Hold his mule while he shouts a little. Romans 11.6 says, And if it's by grace, then it's no more works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it's of works, then it's not of grace. You can't have it both ways. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Say sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Got it? What was the sign? That a virgin shall conceive and have a child. A virgin 
has to work to have a child a little bit, wouldn't you think? Has this ever been heard of? What was the sign? It wasn't Jesus. It wasn't the cross. It's a resurrection. It was the fact that a virgin conceived. Who heard of such a thing? It can't happen. It's impossible. Virgins don't have children. The sign was a sign a virgin will conceive and have a child. That's the sign. Wow. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. And the word was made flesh, John 1, and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And of his fullness, there's the gifts, have we all received. Of his what? Fullness. Grace for grace. And that word for is exchange. Grace, you receive that grace, and you know what happens? Then it's exchanged for more grace. Grace upon grace. More grace. You can't imagine. We can't even begin to thank all God has has for us if we just accept it and receive it. And what did he say? To them that has shall more be given. And they shall have abundantly. Don't think that you can get too much of the grace of God. You can't. He said, if you don't want it, I'll just give it to somebody else. Amen? He will. Because he, he wants to give it us. He's given to us exceeding great and precious promises that by these promises we might be a partaker of his divine nature. Amen? Okay. We have all received. All right. First Peter 4.10 says this. As every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the many-sided grace of God. Grace is many-sided. The gift has so many gifts in it. And remember, Jesus is the gift for man. Jesus was the son of man, wasn't he? How many times is the son of man? But Jesus is the son of God. Jesus is the son of man. Jesus is the son of God. All man, all God. But he chose to do everything as man. Amen? As a man. He had to redeem us as a man. As every man has received the gift, even so ministered as good stewards of the many-sided grace of God. Whew. Romans 5, it says, Now also as the offense, so is the, so is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more, say much more, the grace of God and the gift by grace. Every gift you have is by grace, which is by one man Jesus Christ hath abounded unto many. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they that receive, take it, abundance of grace, and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by Jesus Christ. Not only the abundance of grace, but the gift of righteousness. Why? God made Jesus to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might receive the righteousness of God. Have you ever thought about the righteousness of God? How righteous is that righteousness of God? Can you add anything to that righteousness of God? No. It's freely given to us in Christ. The gift of righteousness shall reign in life. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. That's good stuff. 
Receive not his grace, his gifts in vain. For the wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, I'm coming up on my what? December 31st, 1970, 9.30 p.m. See how close I'm getting? I was born again and received this, this verse right here. He showed it to me. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. And you know what he said? What can you do for a gift? Nothing. You receive it. That's a long time ago. But it's just as fresh today as it was then. Ephesians 3, 7. seven three, Ephesians 3, 7. Whereof I was made a minister, he said, according to the gift of God's grace given unto me <clears throat> by the effectual working of his power. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the what? Supernatural grace of God. Thanks be unto God for this gift. Don't, don't be... <clears throat> Don't just receive or accept the package. Receive the gift. And never quit receiving the gifts within the gifts. They're so precious. I'm excited. How many of you know I'm excited? (coughs) After 40-something years, I'm as excited today as I was the day I got started. Amen?